Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our first official episode, questions for every Eastern Conference team headed into the 2018-2019 NBA season. We're going to kick it off right away, alphabetically, starting with the Atlanta Hawks. Tell me what you got about the Atlanta Hawks. All right. So my big thing comes right from the right from the draft sorry um the hawks made a big gamble trading away the pick that became luka Doncic to draft trey young i would say that luka Doncic is hands down the safer pick coming right off of a euro league mvp for sure do you think that that trey young was a good gamble do you wish they kept luka Doncic? um i just think it's it's hard to say right now but i would definitely say that we're going to be thinking about this for like the next five to ten years in the NBA season. If Trey Young's a bust, if Trey Young ends up being better than Luka Doncic and the Atlanta Hawks pull some sort of Boston Celtics type Jason Tatum trade. Um, but I just think every time Luka Doncic does something awesome, we're going to look back to that picture of him in a Hawks hat. Um, for me, I personally, I like the trade by the Mavericks. I kind of don't like it as much with the Hawks because I personally I'm high on Luka Doncic and I think he's he's definitely the safer pick but in the draft I think in the top five you really got to go for superstar potential and while Trey Young has that Luka Doncic has that as well but with less of a risk I'd say yeah I think that pretty much sums it up for me as well um my outlook would sort of be that Trey Young could turn into a superstar but I think that with Luka Doncic, it's more of a guarantee. We don't know how high, how high or low Trae Young's ceiling is, but if he becomes everything that he could be, he could be the next Steph Curry kind of player. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, next team, Boston Celtics. Uh, this is there's no like problem with this team. Their problem is that they have too many amazing wings. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And what comes to mind is that, like, I think they have too much talent to the point where are they going to have to trade someone Um, because they can't hand out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum max contracts? It's true. Um, It's a good question, and what they're going to have to sort of decide on is how do they juggle all three of their, you know, potential star wings? Um people are saying you got to trade someone I think as long as you can you've got to try to hold on to all three I think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could become something very special in this league um and I mean maybe maybe you get rid of Gordon Hayward earlier but Mm -hmm. I you know I think they do need they I mean and they are they're kind of maybe the hole in their roster is that they're locked they're lacking a real like lockdown defensive center yeah Al Horford very good defender I don't know if he's a true center I would yeah, say that Al Horford's primary position would be power forward. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, he, he's a good center, but he's not a rim protector and he's not a rebounder, and that's been killing the Celtics for a while. Um, if you had to say who would be the one 
out of those three to maybe go out of the wings, out of Hayward, Tatum, and Brown? Um, I think that out of those three, Gordon Hayward fits the timeline the least. Um, he's a solid. I think Kyrie might only be 24, 25. Yeah, he's 25. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are both under 22. Um, Gordon Hayward is nearing in on 30. So I think that you give maybe, if you're going to trade Gordon Hayward, I think you at least give him this season to prove that he's still an all-star caliber player like he was two years ago. Yeah, people sleep on Gordon. I th- yeah, I think he could he could ha- definitely have a bounce-back season. And if not carry the Celtics to Eastern Conference Finals, then at least up his trade value coming off an injury. The Brooklyn Nets. Um, I want to see D'Angelo Russell take the next step. I really think he has the potential, and I love the move by the new front office to get him and taking on that Moskov contract. But um, do, do you think like he can make the next step? I just wanted to bring that up. I actually had the same note down. Um, I think that you look at the Brooklyn Nets, and on any given night, you don't know who their leading scorer is going to be. So I'd like to see D'Angelo Russell, like you said, become the night-in, night-out leading scorer for that team. I think that if he can do that, then the, then the Nets now have a direction and a player to build their franchise around. This is a guy who was the second overall pick a few years ago ahead of guys like Kristaps Porzingis. So I think that he really needs to take the initiative and become the star of this team. Um, the Hornets. Hornets? What you got? The Hornets for me are are a team that I think just needs to – I think that they need to trade Kemba and then decide what they're going to do. I think they've been holding on him for too long. Yeah, um, people talk about they got to blow it up and rebuild and tank, but they don't have much to blow up besides Kemba Walker. I think that Kemba Walker is the kind of guy who's going to keep you from being, you know, a top five, six, seven pick um, in the draft. And it's hard to, I think it's going to be hard for them to rebuild without like a super high pick. Yeah. It they, generally is. Mm-hmm. So they, I think they, they had 11 this year when, uh, they were only a few games behind our New York Knicks. Um, I'm, I was surprised because I think the Knicks had a better team, but some nights Kemba Walker would just go off and win them games. For sure. I think that, yeah, if they're really going to tank, then they've got to commit and trade Kemba. I'd love to see Kemba playing for a contender because I think he can be a huge difference maker. I think he's, you know, second-tier point guard in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, next team is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they went out and they signed Jabari Parker for two years, about about twenty million dollars a year. And they signed Zach Levine for four years for about twenty million dollars a year. Um, pick one of those. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I yeah, so I had both written down as well. Um, I'd love to see Jabari Parker bounce back. He's been coming off of a few injuries. Um, he had an ACL tear. I don't know if that's why he was out last year. Um, but he's been having trouble playing, like staying in games consistently. I think that if he can play a pretty full season this year, then Jabari Parker could be a huge part of this young Bulls core, you know, with Chris Dunn and Lowry, mm-hmm. and now Wendell Carter Jr. Um, yeah, and what I like about the contract is it's very little risk. They had to spend that money in some way. 
Um, they chose Jabari, who has a lot of question marks, but it's a risk-reward kind of situation. And I forgot to mention, it's not even a two-year. It's a one-year, and then the second year is a team option. So if he goes ahead and tears his ACL again or has an underwhelming season, they can just opt out of that um, For sure. and have $20 million to spend. For sure. Yeah, Jabari Parker at his best could be a 20-point-per-game score, but if it doesn't work out, no commitment, and that's the best part of the deal, for sure. Mm -hmm. Next team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They took a hit this offseason. This guy, LeBron James, kind of left them. Um, They still have Kevin Love, and I think people are kind of sleeping on that. I'm not talking about their actual, like, success, because I don't think they really have the pieces to go and get an eight seed, but I want to see if Kevin Love... Can he go back to being Timberwolves' Kevin Love, where he puts up 25 points and 13 rebounds um, with good shooting numbers? Yeah, my question for this team was, what is your identity going to be without LeBron, right? I, I would love to see Kevin Love go back to T-Wolves. Kevin Love, you know, putting up consistently 25-13 um, and becoming an all-star, you know, maybe even the second or third best uh, power forward in the league behind Anthony Davis. Um, I I think it's definitely a possibility. I I do. Go back to being a fat Minnesota Kevin Love. (laughs) (laughs) He's a better shooter now, too. True. Um, I also think, though, that... So why why I think that sort of the identity is a question mark is we don't know if Kevin Love is going to immediately bounce back and have that same mentality. Maybe they decide, let's give the reins to Colin Sexton, right? Give the rings to the young bull. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see it either way. I'm just excited to see what this team is going to do. As long as I think that they pick one of those two identities, I think this team will have a direction, and they're going to know what they want to do. Yeah, I, I just want to say one quick thing. I'm really high on Colin Sexton. I uh, I used to watch like back a few years ago, two years ago, when he was all over the high school mixtapes. He plays hard, man. That's why they call him young bull, but... He can lock you up, and he can go and give you twenty. I don't know about in the, in the NBA in his rookie year, but I think it's de- it's a definite it's a definite possibility, and that would be the reason why they would maybe uh, give them the reins to the offense. Right. Next team, Detroit Pistons. Um, for me, this is one of those weird teams, along with the Trailblazers and the Pelicans and the Wizards. Where where are they? They're not a top. They're definitely not a top four team in their conference, so they're not a contender to get to even the Eastern Conference Finals. But they have a bunch of money locked up in Blake Griffin. Um, It kind of has me looking back on that trade to see, like, did Mm -hmm. they really win that even though they got the best player? Um, Yeah, I I just think they're really locked up with that cap. Yeah, I mean, I think that the there are definitely teams in the league right now who will take will take Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is still, we've seen him be a fantastic player. I mean, definitely all-star caliber still, um, as long as he can stay healthy. So I think that they need to get him off the books, maybe Andre Drummond too, and just hit the reset. They've been you know, really? floating around. I think they've been floating around the middle of the league for a long time with Andre Drummond. Yeah, not a long true. time. A few years. Right, without, and they're not like, they're again, they're not getting like top five picks in the league but they haven't once been in the eastern conference finals it's not like they're contenders so i think they need i mean maybe that could change this year but i don't think they can top the celtics they can top the sixers they can top 
the Raptors. Yeah. Um, um, I think it all depends on Blake Griffin's health. And maybe I think a thing that's been holding them back is the mediocrity of Reggie Jackson as a point guard and their bench being average or below average uh, compared to other playoff teams. That's what's really been keeping them back. Agreed. Indiana Pacers. Um, all right. I got a kind of a weird prediction, a little bit bold this year. I love the signing of Tyreek Evans. I really like Tyreek. I actually agree with you. I think, okay, what I want to see, I want to see Tyreek Evans, Victor Oladipo both make the all-star team. Wow. You think Tyreek is going to make the all-star I game, or is that could. a challenge? I don't it's a challenge. It's not a. It's not necessarily a prediction. It's not saying, I'm not betting on Tyreek Evans making the All Star team. <laughs> I would like to see it happen, and I think it's a possibility. Yeah, the thing is, they got to run him at point guard though. They have to exactly. Yeah, you can't have him playing sort of like a undefined position. They off, need off ball. Victor Oladipo work. or Tyreek Evans, the ball in their hands at all times. Yeah. If you play one on the court at one time, one on the court at the other except for, you know, at the very beginning of the game and in crunch time minutes, sort of like the Rockets are doing with Harden and CP3, I think it could work really well. Tyreek Evans is coming off 19.5 points per game on 45% field goal shooting with the Grizzlies last year. People sleep. If he could take another step forward or just keep, you know, the same efficiency and, you know, production on a team that's towards the top of the East, he could catch a few eyes and make the All-Star team, I think. Interesting, interesting. I think running him at point guard, it'll work. You can pe- people forget about Derek uh, Darren Carlson. He's kind of one of the low key players in the NBA. He was top, I would say top five in three point percentage last year. No one talks about it. Um, not saying he's knocked down, but at least he's efficient in the opportunity that he gets. But and. As their traditional point guard, he can definitely play off ball, I'd say, and move Oladipo maybe to the three in crunch time. I like it. This team could definitely surprise surprise the league, you know, especially in an Eastern Conference a lot weaker than the West. True. Keep an eye on this team. Maybe, you know, if you know, if the Celtics lose a guy to injuries again, they could, you know, maybe surprise the whole East. Alright. Next team's the Miami Heat. Um, for me, I just want to point out, like, how do they keep being pretty good? Um, I think it's kind of impressive, considered their best player is Goran Dragic, and Hassan Whiteside has been horrible, <laughs> uh, especially last year. He's been really inefficient. Um, I just want to com- commend Eric Spolstra and that whole staff for um, for m- finding the best and bringing the best out of like mediocre players, uh, for example, Hassan Whiteside, he was sent to the D League, and then they picked him up and turned him into a, an All Star caliber player. Uh, same thing with James Johnson and Dion Waiters. Uh, Dion Waiters was nothing; he was kind of like a Lance Stevenson two years ago. Um, but now he's a bucket getter, and he's found a home. Um, I just want to point that out. I don't like if you compare it to rosters such as a healthy New York Knicks. Um, on paper, it shouldn't be that much better, but they just they bring out the best in their players. It's true. Every year, it seems like they take guys who should be below average and turn them into legit bucket getters, like you yeah. said. Quality um, players. Exactly, quality players. What I think that they need to do 
is they've brought up that trade value of guys like Hassan Whiteside. Maybe that fell off after last year's playoffs. Guys like but guys like Dion Waiters and James Johnson now are guys who might have trade value. So maybe you can get a couple picks. I think you just need to make a move if you're the Heat. I don't think that they've had an identity since the big three was gone. Since, you know, Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. LeBron, Chris Bosh, none of them are on the Heat anymore. They've been in the middle of the East. Yeah. I mean, I think that they need, to, I think they just need to make a move, create an identity. And pick a direction. Exactly. Next team is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, wh- what do you have? I think that Giannis is MVP this year. Especially Hopefully. with um, the new shooters they put around him, guys like Ursan Ilyasova and Brooke Lopez, I think it could happen. And I love what the Bucks are doing. Now they have a legit core around um, Giannis, something they've been trying to build for the last handful of years as Giannis has matured into a legit superstar in this league. Yeah, they signed two players to pretty good deals. Brooke Lopez, who while he can't rebound or defend, he can shoot that ball uh, for a center. And also Ursan Ilyasova, they stole him for the 76ers. That, that one's going to hurt for them. Um, but I think that will definitely enhance Giannis's play, and that would be a good uh, argument for the Giannis for MVP discussion. I'd like to see it happen. <laughs> Next team is the New York Knicks. My New York Knicks, your New York Knicks. We're Knicks fans around here. Um, my thing is, when do you bring back Kristaps Porzingis? Um for me personally, my opinion is that you should do what the Bulls did with Zach Levine last year and uh, go and get that high draft pick and not bring your star back too early or even on time. Uh, what the Bulls did last year is they knew Zach Levine would win them more games, so they extended his injury further back so he would be 100% to come back and that they would lose more games, which I want. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen too. We need to, we need to keep you know building this young core. Draft picks are exactly what we need. I would like to see though. My point was sort of more: what are they going to do in Porzingis's absence? Not to do with Porzingis. I'd like to see them just give Kevin Knox the reins. Let's see what he can do. Um, There's a him... lot of shots on the table. Exactly. You you know you learn with experience. So let's see. We saw it in summer league. You know we were seeing it on you know in different like little clips and videos. Kevin Knox seems like he can be a scorer. Yeah, he let's, does. Let's see what he can put up. Let's see him maybe even win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of bold, you know. That's New York Nick bias. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think that with our first option gone, I wouldn't say that we even have another score on the team. Right? Maybe Frankie Lakeen is not a score. Yeah. Maybe Tim Hardaway. Maybe, maybe Tim, Tim Hardaway. Hardaway. Um, but I'd like, I'd like to see Kevin Knox really step it up maybe win rookie of the year, at least be our first option and leading scorer. Cool, cool, I agree. Um, next team, Orlando Magic. I'm, I look at the Magic's roster, and all I see is front court players. <laughs> you look at, you know, I would say probably the three <laughs> best players are um, Mo Bamba, Nick Vucevic, and Aaron Gordon. I agree with that. It's a lot of front court. <laughs> I mean, even if you slide Aaron Gordon to small forward, which they should not do, that's it's too much front court. I don't know. I don't know why. I love Mo Bamba as the draft pick. You got Mo, Mo Bamba slid down maybe a couple spots lower than a lot of people thought he would. Um, Orlando Magic front office. I'm talking directly to you. Trade Nick Vucevic. He's agreed. cluttering up 
the front court, and he's taking Mo Bamba's minutes. I'm telling you. Agreed. I just they there's there's too many front court players on the roster. They don't. They only have. I was looking at it last night. They only have, I think, two point guards, maybe three point guards, and Evan Fournier as a shooting guard. Yeah. So he he was even classified as a small forward. The rest is small forward, power forward, center. You need <laughs> yeah. to get you need to get some more some more guards on the team. I think that could have hindered the growth of Mo Bamba, especially not having a good point guard uh, or even a decent point guard to start. Uh, I'm pretty sure their point guards are what Shelvin Mack, Jerry and Grant. Shout out to Jerry and Grant. He's my boy, and uh, maybe DJ Augustine's on that team. Still DJ, That's, yeah. Those are three backups. Yeah, they don't have a starting point guard. <laughs> they don't have All, a starting point guard. Their, their entire team is front court. <laughs> All right, next team, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I was talking to a guy a couple days ago who was saying that he had the Sixers winning the East. I just wanted to talk about that. Um, he said, you can't tell me the Sixers aren't going to win the East because they didn't lose anything. The Sixers lost lost a little bit. They lost Ursan Eliasova. They lost Marco Bellinelli. All their shooters. <laughs> they, yeah, they don't have shooters anymore. Joel Embiid can shoot a little bit. We'll see. Maybe Markel Fultz has a jump shot this year. Maybe not. Ben Simmons, definitely not a shooter. <laughs> but in that case, when you have a guy um, who can't shoot the ball at all, didn't attempt a three-point, uh, at least didn't make a three-pointer last year. I don't think he attempted one. Yeah. He um, most, I think he attempted like six or seven, but most of them were half-court shots at yeah. the end of the quarters. All right. So a guy who didn't make a three-pointer last year, you've got to surround him like sh- with shooters. That's, you see, that's definitely true. The Bucks did it this this offseason. We just talked about it. Brooke Lopez, Ersan Eliasova, guys like Chris Middleton. Um, the Sixers lost a little bit. And while you're going to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons take another step forward, um, while Markel Fultz hopefully is going to be bouncing back, um, I'd love to see him win most improved. Um, we don't really know. And I think that because of that, I people who have the Sixers winning the East, I think are a mistake. Where do you see them ending up in the Eastern Conference standings this year? I think they're definitely below the Celtics. 100% in my eyes, the Celtics have the East already locked up as long as they stay healthy. True. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. I would agree with that as well. Um, Who knows how Kawhi fits in with the Raptors? Um, I think they could be the second seed. The guy, maybe the Pacers. You, you think the Raptors or the 76ers would be the second seed? The Raptors. I think the Raptors could be oh, the okay. second seed. Okay. Uh-huh. This is the the Sixers could be second seed. They could be as low as fourth. I think the this the Raptors and the Pacers could both pass out the Sixers this year. We just talked about it with Tyreek Evans, Miles Turner, and Victor Oladipo. I think that, that core could pass out the Sixers. Um, so give me a number. One, two, three, four, five. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna guess three. I'm gonna I think that the Sixers will finish three, but I'm saying it could they could slide to four maybe five. Okay, this is my opinion. I think the 76ers, in the eyes of most NBA fans, are a little bit overrated. They were not gonna have home court advantage in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they were anywhere from five to seven or eight in the in the in the standings with like a month or two left in the season. Before that, and then they went on a 17-game win streak, uh, which all they, they deserved it, and that should be noted. But before that 17-game win streak, uh, before they caught fire, they, they were an average Eastern Conference team, like I, slightly above average. And I understand that Joel Embiid 
is going to get one year better, and Ben Simmons is definitely going to get one year better. But I think I think they need to – the NBA needs to not hype them up too much. I would say anywhere from three to five along with the Bucks and the Pacers. Oh, I forgot about the Bucks. The Bucks could definitely pass them out. I would say – yeah, I would – and the Wizards as well. I would maybe, maybe put, yeah. I would maybe put Milwaukee over them if Giannis uh, has an MVP type season. Maybe averages three or four points per game uh, more than he did last year. And I would say if the Wizards don't combust internally, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I think the Bucks or the the Seventy Sixers could find themselves in a four seed. Or a five seed, which uh, I don't think many people are expecting. Yeah, I think that for Giannis to win the MVP, the the Bucks would have to step it up, be the three or four seed. I think he's going to be on a mission. I think they could do that. I for, totally forgot to mention the Bucks. The Bucks could definitely pass the Sixers. Um, but one thing I would like to just bring up is, so you said that their seventeen game win streak, you sort of discredited. Like, so so you're saying that they're so they're a mediocre team. They win seventeen games, and that's why they're that's why they were the high three seed. Yes. So are you saying that that 17-game win streak is a fluke that, you know, maybe doesn't matter as much as people are think, think it does? No, but when you look at their record, um, I, I forget what it was off the top of my head, but if you look at their record, that 17 games is built into that record, um, and that made them a third seed. But if you take that away and have it be just an average, say, 10-7, and 7, like that's what a playoff team would do. That's what the 76ers before that win streak would do. Then all of a sudden they drop seven games. Um, and this is this is not like discrediting them saying it doesn't count because they played phenomenally. They played like a top three team in the East. They played better than the Cavaliers who dropped. But I would just say it's it's kind of built into that record. And I would say if you take that out and if you acknowledge that that was one streak and they're not always like that, um, they're a bit less high on the standings than everyone would assume. Do you think that could just be the young core finally piecing it all together, though? Ben Simmons in his first full year? I mean... And uh, Joel Embiid, you know, finally playing. I think, like... I think think they'll be a better team. I I think they'll be closer to that than the first part of the season. Um, But I just think they need to be a bit less hyped up. Yes, Ben Simmons is an all-star next year. Yes, Joel Embiid is an All-NBA player next year. Um, th- and they have talent. I-, I just think that they shouldn't be a lock for the third seed, like many people say. Yeah. All right, just finishing that off, I would just like to say I am all for the Sixers. I love the Sixers. <laughs> I love Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So I'm sorry that we're sort of, you know, trashing on them a little bit. Oh, but okay. um, I think that, yeah, all the East – we could see some of those teams, you know, the East all the way, you know, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Bucks, all made moves to make their teams better. And I don't think the Sixers did that. So that's that's the reason I'm saying the Sixers could slide. All right. Second to last team, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, personally, for me, they're the two seed behind the Celtics. And if you would compare them to last year's Celtics team without Gordon Hayward, I would actually... I would maybe take them as the first seed, but the only thing that keeps the Celtics above them is that Gordon Hayward is probably going to be healthy and is probably going to be an all-star. But the Raptors, 
I like it, man. Um, they got better for the trade, obviously. Um, they replaced DeMar DeRozan with a better version of DeMar DeRozan offensively, except he shoots he shoots threes, of course. And but, defensively. And, yeah, I was about to say that. And definitely, <laughs> definitely defensively. defensively. They were a top – they were an, an elite defensive team last year, and they just exchanged DeMar DeRozan, a bad defender, for Kawhi Leonard, an elite defender. And they exchanged um, Jakob Pertl, who I know it's a different position than the guy they got, um, but he, he was an okay defender for Danny Green, who, while he's getting up there in age – he he was three and D three and D. That's what he does. Three and D. He will lock you down. Yeah. So I I think they shouldn't necessarily be cast off as below the Celtics. I think they're going to give them a run for their money uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I have them if they face off against the Seventy Sixers. I have them beating the Seventy Sixers. Uh, I would say in five. Wow. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like uh, it. And I have something to ask you. Do you like the Kawhi Leonard trade? Yeah, I was going to talk about that too. Um, I like, I think that, like you just said, I think that they took an all-star starter player in DeMar DeRozan and upgraded him into, when he's healthy, when he's playing his hardest, a, fo- a top five player in the league. At one point, I would have said I said he would have been a top three player in the league behind LeBron and KD, like, you know, maybe two years ago. Yeah, um, when he finished uh, second or third in MVP, MVP voting vote. behind yeah. Steph Curry. I think people are forgetting a little bit how dominant Kawhi can be and how for sure how great he is, how really incredible he is on both sides of the ball. Um, I love the trade. I think that, like I just said, they upgraded. Their defense is going to be stellar. I don't know how you're scoring on this, on this squad. Um, offensively, they should be a little bit better. Maybe, you know, I don't think that Kawhi is a huge step up from DeMar DeRozan offensively. Um, but he can. I think he's more versatile. You know, he can shoot the three. He can. He's a little bit more versatile offensively. Um, I want to ask you one last thing. We're spending more times. We're, we're spending more time on these teams because they're better. Yeah. Uh, we didn't spend too much on the Celtics. But another question about the Raptors: Do you think Kyle Lowry is going to decline? Because I feel like he didn't pull his weight as much last season he had a good series against the Cavs people forget about that but during the regular season like three years ago two years ago we saw him being an all-star almost a starter uh almost a starter I think uh he's he's getting up there in age people forget that what do you think about Kyle Lowry yeah I mean I personally have never been very high on Kyle Lowry (laughs) I don't as a player I don't love Kyle Lowry just because I don't think he does anything incredibly well i think he's pretty well-rounded um he can lock you up it's true he's a very good defender but i think that yeah i think i do think that kyle Lowry's on the decline i don't think that we'll see him be as good as he was two or three years ago um and that could hurt this team a little bit but i still think that they could be the second seed they i don't think they need him to carry offensively necessarily so I, I don't think they'll be very hurt by him aging okay last team the washington wizards what do you got the wizards i think are another blow it up kind of team i think that they've you know had this sort of uh, blow it up or make a big move um pick a direction yeah 
they just need to do I think they need to do something. I mean, they've been they've had the same core of Bradley Beal and John Wall. They got Dwight Howard. <laughs> that's true. I and I and I do like that. I do like you that do? move. I do like that move. But they've had I don't think Dwight Howard is going to propel them to a real contender. And I don't they're definitely not bad enough to be getting like low, you know, like high picks. They're not that they're you know, they're still going to be probably a top 5 seed top five or six um maybe at the bottom of all those teams we mentioned competing with the Sixers um but still you know they gotta they gotta do something I mean Mm -hmm. and like I said I like the Dwight Howard move because I think that we saw Dwight Howard have on the Hornets last year a 30-30 game Dwight Howard can still play he can still grab boards Mm -hmm. I think he's a better center than Marcin Gortat is Marcin Gortat's on the Clippers now. Yeah, that's, um, that's not really debatable. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what to think of Dwight Howard. I think if he can buy in and accept that he's not going to be the first option, right? He's not going to, like, call for the ball in the post. Because yeah. <laughs> Dwight Howard's not going to, like— He's a black hole in the post. <laughs> he is a little bit, right? So as long as he doesn't turn into, like, trying to take more shots than Bradley Beal or John Wall and, you know, plays defense— catches some lobs maybe you know when he's open under the basket dunks on you or you know <laughs> drops in a bucket he doesn't need to be a 20 point per game score um i think as long as he can commit and buy in play defense grab rebounds then this team will be good but still not good enough if they can do if they can do one thing this offseason and then and really propel them that would be fantastic if they can't then they might have to rethink yeah i want po- to i, I want to point something out I just I realized this a few days ago. They're kind of running out of time. Uh, right now, they're paying John Wall, all star slash all NBA player. They're paying him like eighteen million dollars. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's next year the max deal kicks in. Uh, I forget if it's the max or the super max, but he's gonna get paid thirty plus million dollars. That's uh, it's twelve million dollars more. Um, then again, you do have Jan Mahimi's contract. Yeah, going down the drain. Um, but I, th- I think that's something to point out. They they need to pick a direction, like you said. Um, you said you like the Dwight Howard move. I do. Um, I liked the idea of it because it is bringing in talent, which is what the Wizards need. They need to pick a direction. Mm. But I was talking to my coach today, and uh, this guy, he trains a lot of NBA players, and he has in the past. And he told me... We were talking about the Wizards, and we were talking about Dwight Howard, and he said, I've had, I've worked with several NBA players, and I can remember five separate occasions where, in front of other players, an NBA player has just come out and said, oh yeah, Dwight Howard, oh, I hate that guy. Um, So I think that's something that's real. Um, Ever since he left the Magic, he's been kind of floating around. Uh, He couldn't handle Kobe. (laughs) He... Uh, feuded with James Harden, uh, the I'm pretty sure it was the Hawks or the Hornets, one of his two most recent teams. They were like celebrating and dancing in the locker room when, after he left. Yeah. After he left, uh, and we got to remember this isn't this isn't the Spurs. This is the Washington Wizards. It's yeah. it's a known fact around the league that Bradley Beal and John Wall have had some uh, chemistry issues. Um, and same thing with Martian Gortat. I know he's gone, but this is just yeah. its kind of the locker room environment that you're walking into. I think if there was a place uh, for Dwight Howard to implode again and mess up a playoff team, 
it, it might be the Washington Wizards. But I would think that, that there could be worse things. If, if he does walk in and implode this team... Guess what? They trade John Waller, they trade Bradley Beal, <laughs> they would trade make them pick a Howard, <laughs> and they're picking a direction, exactly, yeah. right? So if he does implode, then he's forcing them to blow it up. Blow it up. Right? Okay. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't, th- I don't think it's terrible. It, you know, if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't work out, could be worse. At least you have a direction. Okay. Um, we're done with all of the Eastern Conference teams. I just want to do a little segment and ask your opinions on something. It's going to be a little game called... Blow it up or don't. All right. Um, I have about four teams on this list in the Eastern Conference that are kind of they're between that seven to ten seed range. Um, first team is the Detroit Pistons. We, I, we've talked about it. Would you, if your answer is blow it up, tell me what you would want to do. Blow it up or don't. I think you do. I think you just like I said before. I think you just need to get rid of Blake Griffin. That's a and tough contract to move. It's it's a tough contract to move, but in the age of super teams like the Wizard, or sorry, wow, like the Warriors, teams need talent, Dwight and Howard. I think that I think that, that you could I think you could find a team that would be willing to take on Blake Griffin, yeah, just because he's know. still talented, you just because know. he's still Tif- a good Timothy Mozgov got traded like three times in the past year and a half so anything yeah. is possible i mean and especially if you pack if you package him with a guy like maybe stanley, stanley johnson, johnson or something yeah stanley johnson hasn't exactly panned out but he's young and still could develop on a team that you know is good at developing players mm-hmm. i don't think the pistons are particularly good at developing players reggie jackson has stayed pretty mediocre for the last handful of years okay uh i would I'm kind of undecided. I would say definitely don't blow it up this year because I want to see a healthy Blake Griffin on the Detroit Pistons. But if not, you may be forced to make a move. Next team, Cleveland Cavaliers. Blow it up or don't? Really what I mean is trade Kevin Love or don't. (laughs) I think you give it a season. I don't don't think – it's hard for me to say blow it up or not because I don't – like I said, I think that the Cavs need to create an identity. If their identity becomes that – Kevin Love is back to playing the way he was. Kevin Love is not so like ancient that he needs, you know, that he needs to be just off the books. I he's under thirty, um, so I think he's like maybe twenty eight, so something like that. I he's not so old that he can't play with Colin Sexton and maybe you bring yeah, in another guy. That's a good point. Just for a few years, but they do have him locked up for four years. And I I personally, when I saw that contract, he's getting paid like thirty four million over mm. like for four years per year at first i thought what like kevin love is he's an all-star but like like what are you doing Cavs? um i guess i see their point especially because they were so bad when lebron left last time i mean so bad uh and they messed it up with anthony bennett uh they got Kyrie, but they were still bad um so i guess they're trying to at least be mediocre um for a year or two or three I think they still have. I think that this time they still have the pieces, to you know they at least have the pieces that they know where they want to go. It's not like they're starting from literal ground zero. They could trade Kevin Love for a few picks. They've already got a potential point guard for the future in Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Whether he'll work out, I don't know. But at least he's a project player who could who could work out. 
Okay, I'm going to skip the Wizards because we just finished talking about them. So the last team I'll have is the Miami Heat. Blow it up or don't? Doesn't have to be a blow-up team as long as they're doing something different. They've been... They haven't gotten... You know, since, you know, they won championships in, like, 2012, 2013 kind of era, it's... I don't know, it's been, like... It's been it's, it's pretty, been pretty like bland, mediocre. Yeah, yes. pretty me- mediocre. It's the same kind of thing. They don't necessarily have a star. Goran Dragic has been a fringe All Star, but I would say that's probably just because he's on a team that doesn't have a star. You know, Hassan Whiteside has been a fringe All Star, but that's because you know also again because they don't really have a star. So they've got a lot of players who are solid, not great, and. They need, I think they need to either turn that into something or trade those solid players for young prospects or picks. Okay, I would say I would say don't blow it up, mainly because you can be okay because you have an amazing coaching staff, an amazing uh, kind of organization that you have that Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley have built. Um, I think the main problem with this team is they can't go and make a big move because they're paying Hassan Whiteside $25 million and they're paying Tyler Johnson like 18 or 19. Um, by the way, did you see that Brittany Griner thing? Uh, she said, yeah, <laughs> she, she, she said, uh, the, Oh, the WNBA needs to, needs to be paid more. The players need to be paid more while you have in the NBA mediocre players like Tyler Johnson making 20 million. Like, like why Tyler Johnson? That was, Shots. yeah, that was such a unnecessary shot shot. Like Tyler Johnson is just, ch- uh, kill the chilling on his couch right now, and then he he just gets shots by <laughs> Brittany Griner. Like, like, like. I thought that was hilarious. Um, That's pretty good for me. Yeah, you're owing those two role players. I'd say forty five million dollars. Um, I don't think you have that much flexibility. I would say wait out those contracts and put fans in those seats, and then you can go out there you have some young talent you have justice winslow who who's going to be decent you have bam Adebayo, who i personally like um yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't blow it up you you have a good thing going and maybe like the culture the culture will change if you suddenly tank um, all right that'll do it for this episode of space the floor nba podcast we hope you enjoyed it thanks for tuning in i'm connor Gielen. Connor Flannery, and peace out. See you next time.